Welcome to Uncage. Today we're speaking with Steve Coffey. Hey, Steve, how are you? Good afternoon, Brett. It's uh, good, good to be here. It's great to have you on the show. We're going to be talking about a topic that, honestly, I don't know a ton about, so we're going to learn a lot from Steve today. Uh, Steve plays two different roles or wears two different hats. He is the Director of International Business Development and Marketing at Produced Water Solutions. Um, we'll talk a little bit about what Produced Water Solutions does, but um, you know they're a, a big player, obviously, in the produced water space related to the oil and gas market, and we'll talk about that. He's also the president of the Produced Water Society, uh, which is a nonprofit organization that is made up of a collection of industry professionals with a common mission to improve the management and disposition of produced water through the facilitation and exchange of technical knowledge for the upstream oil and gas industry. Now, Steve, um, before we get into it, everything, I'd love to just kind of ask you to maybe give our audience a, a quick definition of, of produced water. Um, I have a, a general idea uh, because I just happened to uh, share a house with a, an oil executive at one point in my career. But tell us a little bit about what is produced water. Yeah, so very simplified version of it. Uh, you know, when you're producing oil and gas from a well underground, a lot of water is also coming along with that uh, for various different reasons. One is because it, it enhances the recovery of the oil uh, or gas. And um, actually, most people don't know this, that uh, that the majority of what we see in the industry coming up from these wells uh, is water. And mm. sometimes it's a ratio of five to one, sometimes it's 22 to one. So oil and gas companies really are water companies that produce some oil and gas. So wow. it's it's a little bit, uh, yeah, the, the numbers actually get quite staggering. Mm -hmm. And then of course, you know, to, to manage that and to treat it and reuse it hopefully uh, in, a, in, a, in the best possible way is important um, mm -hmm. because with that volume of water, it's, uh, you know, it is a valuable resource that we need to consider what we're doing with, besides all the other environmental uh, aspects that, that people get concerned with today. Excellent. Well, uh, before we get into your specific roles at Produced Water Solutions and the Produced Water Society, Steve, tell us a little bit about you and your career. Yeah, well, I've, I guess I've, coming up on 30 years now, uh, this uh, January. So it's kind of surprising that I've been in this this niche that I picked uh, back in 1994. Um, <laughs> I, I had the uh, luxury of starting with a, you know, mid-sized family company that kind of let me taste the different industries. Um, and I did a wide range of industries and I just really gravitated toward the upstream oil and gas market. Um, I started off in Canada then went, uh, spent more time in, in North Sea and in the UK, um, and then jumped around a lot of different places. So I've done, you know, the upstream market, the midstream market, downstream market a bit, uh, offshore, uh, heavy oil, and a wide range of um, different niche applications, including most recently the shell play, 
uh, revolution that's going on here in the U.S. Um, but all in all, of the 53-some countries I've done business in, I would say, um, you know, the U.S. Uh, market, which was my kind of my first time doing business with an American company on American soil, uh, other than maybe a meeting in Houston, uh, was in 2016. And um, it was it was a good eye-opener and a good challenge for me. Um, you know, spending most of that time in the shell play market, it was, uh, you know, it was one more thing that I learned about yeah. the industry, one more um, kind of way to do business. So, um, and then since then, I've, you know, I've had a wide range of different roles. I've had my own companies. Uh, I've sold one of them in 2018. I took a job with a uh, large publicly traded company. I uh, had that experience for three and a half years. Uh, very interesting, very different than what I was used to. I'm now back with a uh, you know smaller um, privately held company um, focused on produced water uh, so with the name Produced Water Solutions. Uh, it's a Louisiana-based company. Actually, the the folks that uh, that were running it prior to my arrival, um, and st- you know still part of the daily business were old customers of mine in Saudi back in uh, 2006 onward. Mm-hmm. Um, at that time, they were the majority of them were kind of dealing with um, uh, another large German water treatment company, uh, mm-hmm. which I guess essentially no longer exists, which seems to be a common theme these days. Because if I look what has changed from, let's say, 2014 to today, or let's say 2020 pre-pandemic, um, you know, my company at the time had about 60 some competitors. Mm-hmm. Today, if I were to look at that and see who's who we're going up against, I would say it's probably less than five companies. Wow. So a so, lot of consolidation lot. Um, and yeah. transformation in the space. And I imagine really the topic around this area, the produced water space has changed dramatically as well. I mean, uh, you know, I remember start of my career. I mean, we and I are our peers, Steve. Uh, you know, I remember working on uh, oil and gas brands uh, from an advertising perspective, and you know the topics that we were focused on at that time to where things are today, where we're really looking at uh, a sustainable future and how do we balance everything out. Tell me a little bit about what's the latest in the broader produced water space. Well, there, there's definitely a lot of discussion about ESG and uh, sustainability, and that comes into the uh, discussion quite a bit. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily driving a lot of the change. I think uh, we're slowly um, l- learning from from lessons past, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and collecting data and using data better. So I think there's a lot of that 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 accredits the change and the improvements. Um, but unfortunately, a lot of what should have changed hasn't changed. We, mm. we this industry does seem to, if there's a, a fault, it seems to continue to do what they like to have always done and really be happy with it. So change is very difficult. Um, mm. Like many of the traditional industries, they have a, a lot of difficulty in, in changing the mindset, me included. Mm-hmm. Um, although I, I do challenge myself to continue to you know, why are we doing it this way sort of uh, questions. Mm-hmm. So if, if uh, you know, the, the biggest things that I do see is um, I would say the talk of energy transition and um, 
I don't use that word. I use energy expansion mm-hmm. um, for, for various different reasons. Um, it's a better fitting, more accurate description because we're not going to be using any less energy. We're only going right. to be using consuming more. Yeah. So the addition of all the renewables, which is great uh, to the oil and gas industry is needed. Um, but, you know, we're going to be using more of kind of everything. So it is much needed. The other problem I have with the use of transition, I really believe that I feel like something was wrong with the what we were doing or, you know, what, what how we were doing it. Right. And I, I think that's not a good idea to, to lead people down that path um, that, you know, if we can get people talking and thinking about the same, you know, not picking a side, which, which side you want to be on uh, right. pro or for uh, pro or against. Um, I think we can achieve a lot more that way because, you know, we got, we're, we're definitely going to need, uh, you know, the, the various renewable sources in order for oil and gas to to succeed and vice versa. And I think that's why you see a lot of the um, international oil companies really making an effort to blend this into to what their uh, business model is today and how they're doing it. They're not replacing their core business. You know, if you yeah. look, at, look at spinning, um, it's increasing in, yeah. in their core business. Well, but, I mean, you know, Steve, I, I, I see that you have, uh, it's always, uh, I, I've played this role, you wear the global hat. So you, you, you have to look at things from a global basis. When you look at how produced water is handled and what the issues are in comparison to what we see here in the States, what, what, what's the difference around the world? Um, pr- probably the biggest difference is a lot of places in the world don't have the abundance um, that we have of water and infrastructure. Mm-hmm. So we're quite lucky, but also it it's, uh, it cripples us a bit because we treat uh, water as if it's unlimited and free or very low cost, which you know we shouldn't be looking at it that way. So mm-hmm. in the water scarce areas of the world, they value water uh, much more than we do. Um, and that's very obvious when you talk to different, uh, you know, people within these, uh, whether it's a national oil company or or international oil company, the water people, you know, my people, when I, I go to talk to them in a, you know, let's say Saudi versus the U.S., the importance of of water is much higher, and their yeah. people uh, are really listened to. Unfortunately, here, um, not not everybody, but if I were to summarize, you know. A lot of the companies treat their their water guys and gals much like they're uh, maybe one up one step up from the janitor type of thing. So <laughs> they, they really don't. Well, I mean, I mean, I was thinking about um, all of these these nations in the Middle East. Um, I was really thinking a lot about Saudi Arabia when you were talking because you know anyone who has done any work in the Middle East or North Africa over the last decade just has seen the moves that the Saudis are making to you know, re- reinvent their society and re- you know, right. build re- Riyadh and all these incredible things. And you got soccer players like Ronaldo suddenly exactly. being there. It's, it's, it's quite an amazing move that they're trying to, to do. And at the end of the day, that means new cities, new buildings, new houses, more water, <laughs> Right. Yeah. More water, more energy, more people. Yeah. More consumption. Everything. Yeah. 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 
So trying to figure out that balance is going to be absolutely critical. I mean, when you, so so when you speak to them, it's clearly an important issue. And then here, it's still it's an issue, but perhaps the 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 topics that are top of mind are different. Is that fair? Correct. Yeah, and I and I think another reason why here, besides you know the the points that I uh, kind of pointed out earlier, I think a lot of the problems may be that you know, especially in the shell play, there's a lot of things on their to-do list and uh, recycle reuse isn't way up there, you know, uh, solving a problem that's going to be detrimental to production or health and safety might, you know, take a higher uh, priority. Um, so again, you know, we're definitely short on people uh, <laughs> in the space. Yeah. Um, you know, people are wearing two, three, four hats at least. Yeah. And, uh, and again, you know, it's something that uh, I guess the good news is we have a lot to uh, room for improvement and uh, we just really need the, the people and the education and yeah. maybe, maybe mindset changes. If we can get people to change how they think of water, that would be a big, big help. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'll probably come back to that, that question in, in a second. I'm just curious to get a sense of whether there's been any fundamental breakthroughs in recent memory in the space, any technologies that have really helped reshape what is possible here? Um, I guess I'm just thinking of all of the stuff I've seen in other areas related to water um, and, and all these new technologies. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised that we haven't made more advancements. Um, mm -hmm. <clears throat> most of the, the quote unquote new technology is uh, that's being used, you know, uh, today is really from the 80s. Um, mm. Although there are a lot of new people breaking into the industry and, and testing and piloting, that takes uh, a long time. Uh, so, you know, a decade, <laughs> uh, you know, that adapting new technology. However, you know, that's kind of more on the mechanical side of things. Uh, when you look at just the business as a whole and using, let's say, information or data, I mm -hmm. think we've made major strides there, which, I mean, it makes sense because everybody tracks everything that they do on their phone. Um, so why not use that data to do better at what you're doing for oil and gas production or water management? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think that, um, unfortunately, like I said, the, the changes haven't been huge in, techno in technology and advancements but the areas where, where there is, um, let's say desalination or some recycled yeah. reuse uh, or beneficial reuse is that's something that's being talked about and, and explored more. Mm -hmm. So using that for you know non-oil and gas purposes. So I think it's 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 coming. It's just I'm kind of surprised how slow it's going. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I hear you. Well, the way I look at those things, Steve, is that that's just highlighting a, an opportunity for for exactly. a group of people out there that are listening. Call Steve and uh, get some stuff going here. This is a, a great, sure. great, great opportunity. But let me change gears a little bit and just talk to you a little bit about the topic of passion. I mean, it's always an interesting thing when we find people gravitate to an area. And I'm always like, wow, this guy's really intelligent. He's He knows his stuff. What is it about the oil and gas industry that drove you to it or drew you to it? And um, what gets you up in the morning to keep that passion going? Yeah, well, I mean, I really enjoy people. 
I really enjoy working with people and helping people. Um, you know, one of the things I really like to do is help others achieve kind of what they can can achieve. Um, and many many times it's just simply pointing out the the obvious to me, or mm -hmm. again, like I said, lessons learned. Um, but you know, I really do believe if we can get people to, um, you know, think and dream and desire things for themselves, you know, but you really have to, you know, get, get people believing and, and, and believing and inspired by themselves and their own actions. But I think, you know, one of the things is, okay, if you do today, what, what you, uh, want to have happen in the future, it kind of, it's, it does snowball. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, those interactions with folks on a daily basis, whether it's a simple zoom call or email exchange or face-to-face, -face, you know, meeting, I think those are the things that are really exciting um, because the education part of what we do is uh, whether for my day job with Produce Water Solutions or, you know, the nonprofit, uh, you know, Produce Water Society, um, most of what we're doing is educating and, and motivating people to learn and apply what they're, what, you know, what's available. Right. Um, so, you know, it's very simple, but, you know, I, those are the things that, I really enjoy, and I really like to to see people not only succeed, but uh, you know, kind of improve and kind of like, aha, I, I got it now. Um, that, yeah. That's that's a lot of fun to see that, and um, you know, if I can help in that that uh, that you know play that role, then then that's, that's enough. To I keep mean, you me need going. you need people like yourself playing that leadership role for sure. But I mean, one of the things you mentioned earlier, and I just wanted to come back to it, is this idea of maybe we need to rethink how we think of water or produced water. What did you mean by that? Well, um, <laughs> this doesn't sound a bit negative. Um, mm -hmm. So, I, I, I mean, I've been told that water is unlimited mm. um, here, especially here in the States, uh, or that water is free. <laughs> um, <laughs> or you know very very low cost okay well here yes we have we do have uh, quite a bit more water than other places in the world and it is very you know from a price standpoint uh, more affordable than el elsewhere in the world um but i think that mentality is is very dangerous uh just because we have a lot that we can waste a lot mm. um and 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 it just it's you know it doesn't play into everything that we're being told and talked about today, you know, uh, you know, with talking about green and, you know, sustainability and all these ESG initiatives. Well, okay. If you're not uh, measuring and monitoring and taking that data and doing something with it and setting goals, mm -hmm. uh, it's just like saying, you know, I'm going to go on a diet, but I don't know a scale. Okay. Well, right. how are you, how are you, monitoring the, your growth. I mean, I guess you could say, my, do my pants fit or do I feel, <laughs> or do I feel healthy? But those right. are goals that you have to say, well, my goal is to feel better. Okay. Well, that's a little bit, maybe a little bit different than losing weight. So yeah, uh, I, I do think there's, uh, um, like you said, there's a lot of room for growth and opportunity for people to come in and help. Yeah. Um, and I do think from other industries, it could be a major um, help. Although I will warn those people interested coming in from other industries, um, 
you may not get a warm reception because it's like, yeah, we don't do it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a, so, a definitely, you know, you come across those business verticals, oil and gas is definitely one of them, which is if you're, I mean, if you're not, if you're not from that industry, it's, it's tough. It's tough to break I, in. I've caught myself many times yeah. saying, okay, Steve, go into this call with an open mind because they're coming from something totally different, you know, but what listen and what can you learn? Yeah. You know, um, you know, it is, it, it is, you know, the, the thing that I would tell everybody coming in from another industry, at least learn some of the vocabulary. We, we speak a whole different language. Uh, I have to try hard, you know, when I'm talking to almost anybody outside of the industry to not use acronyms because we're yeah. chock full of acronyms and terms that don't really make sense. So if you learn a, a lot of those and there's glossaries online, um, uh, mm -hmm. there's, you know, you, you can, you can learn it pretty quickly. Um, but if you use that language and understand that language, that's the first step, just, you know, just like anything, if you make an attempt, people are going to warm up, you know, and, and also you'll learn, you'll learn what they're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so the, the conversation will go a lot further. Yeah. And it sounds to me, I mean, here we are, it's, it's interesting because you're absolutely right. I, I, I love the way you highlighted this kind of energy expansion idea. It's it's really easy for us to be like, oh, well, we have to kind of conserve and be thoughtful. But man, the demand of technology and tools and growing populations, you know, it's going to just require a lot more energy and we need to be thoughtful and efficient uh, about that. And so energy expansion is absolutely the right term. But as you look forward, Steve, into 2024 with the Produce Water Society, as well as in your role at Produce Water Solutions, you know, what are the key topics that are going to be on the docket for next year? You know, I definitely think that, you know, that that whole discussion of embracing the energy expansion will will be part of it. Uh, recycle reuse is at the top of everybody's uh, list. Now, that's also two different things could or could be two different things, depending on where you are. Um, for us here in the U.S., it, you know, I think a lot of what we should be looking at is um, fit for purpose reuse, which would be, let's say, frack flowback, reusing that water instead of using fresh water. Mm. The amount of fresh water that's used for frack and flowback. I mean, if people really wanted to get upset about something, that's what they probably should be getting upset about, not about some emission that, you know, happened when, you know, in one particular well. I mean, mm -hmm. there are, there, you know, it is good to be, you know, aware of what's going on, but I don't think they're aware of the water that's being used. So, right. you know, and it really comes down to cost and uh, the technology is there to do good enough for what they need to do for a frac flowback application. So um, it's really just a cost and mindset thing and, and scaling up. And now that mm -hmm. we've grown, the numbers, I mean, if we, if we were, uh, if the Permian, for example, was, was a country into itself, West Texas, yeah. um, it would be the eighth largest oil producing, you know, country in the world. So, I mean, wow. along with that, you can just, you extrapolate what I talked about earlier, the volume of water coming out of the Permian. Um, so those are the sort of things that I think will be talked about. Uh, and then beneficial reuse. I mean, it's, it's been, uh, discussed and used in California, in Oman, and in, in uh, United Arab Emirates um, for 
over 10 years now, uh, not exclusively, but, you know, sporadically within, you know, kind of pilot studies with a handful of different companies. Um, and that would be, you know, they're using, uh, you know, for various different greening of the desert or a reuse for um, uh, agricultural non-human consumption purposes. Uh, I mean, hemp, for example. I mean, there's a wide range of <laughs> ways you can reuse water that doesn't have to be drinking water. Um, and I, I think that that will become a hotter topic and that's what we're you know, calling beneficial reuse. So I think that you'll see a lot more. Um, I'm part of a, a, a stakeholders group with the Department of Energy uh, Pareto project where we're evaluating mm -hmm. and making it easier for people to evaluate and choose better technologies and approaches for reusing for beneficial reuse, and right. so I think there's some there's some change happening. Um, mm -hmm. I, obviously, COVID slowed everybody down. Uh, yeah, what, what we started in 2019 and 2020, it kind of you know we're we're just now getting back to the 2019 point when it comes to some of the those sort of things. But uh, yeah. we're, we're we're getting there. But I think those will be the hot topics um, for the future. I think sustainability. Uh, makes sense. Uh, I don't know on ESG if if that's going to be as hot as topic as in the past. Um, it seems to be that a lot of that is determined by uh, Wall Street. So we'll yeah. see. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Week. Well, I mean, it's it's a an area that that sits within I think that broader energy discussion. And it's one of the ones that uh, a lot of people are trying to figure out how we evolve and restructure and and do things in a more efficient way. I mean, uh, I think the reality is that today we need a lot of energy. I mean, um, and no matter what, what, and we've got to figure out ways to to do it so that it's a, done in a sustainable manner. And um, the idea that uh, we're kind of being perhaps uh, I don't want to say wasteful, but perhaps, uh, I don't know, we just feel like we have endless supplies of, of, I, of water is, is I mean, naive, you know, <laughs> it's the, such a even, naive thought. Yeah, well, even the use of the word waste. So, for example, you know, people in our industry, but maybe not so in this little niche produced water industry, but people in the oil and gas industry or water industry will call produced water wastewater. And that's a, just a pet peeve of mine because wastewater to me implies that it doesn't have use or value. Mm -hmm. And I, I do believe that we need to start, stop using that term uh, and not think of it as a waste or a cost mm -hmm. or a problem and start thinking about it as a valuable resource because that can all be reused. You just have to start changing your mindset and, you know, apply what we already know to that to, mm -hmm. to, to reuse it. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think there's also the other thought here is that reuse doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be used just for drinking water. I mean, I mean, there's tons and tons. I The one thing that just pops to my mind, Steve, is these massive, uh, I don't know if you want to call them factories or warehouses that are used for data processing and yep. they need death. They're desperate for cooling and yep. finding where, you know, just that's, seems that's, like an obvious fit here. Exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. There, there's a long list of those, and and the volumes there are quite large as well. So, yeah. uh, you know, data 
is growing as well. So we have to, you know, put the infrastructure in place and water plays a role in that. So yeah, that would be a, an obvious one. So yeah, anybody listening, I mean, that, that's a, well, I mean, I just I look, I, I, you know, when I, I, I did some research in the, uh, the machine learning space and looking at what is required to process, it's, it's lovely to talk about data and insights, but in fact, actually the way we approach it right now, it uses a ton of energy. Yeah, <laughs> just, exactly. Uh, you know, and, um, and I think anything that we can do to find a way to do that more efficiently is only going to be a good thing. Well, Steve, thank you so much for being on the Uncaged Show. If someone wanted to learn more about what you and Produced Water Solutions are working on or the Produced Water Society, where's the best place to reach you? So you can definitely go to pwcompany.com for Produced Water Solutions or, uh, ProduceWaterSociety.com for the Produce Water Society. Uh, that's the that's the 34-year-old Texas-based nonprofit. Um, you can definitely find me on LinkedIn. I've been trying to keep up with some social media, uh, hopefully doing a better job of that in the future. Uh, mm-hmm. Also on Twitter. Um, so both of those companies have uh, um, LinkedIn groups. Um, just getting a little bit more active on Twitter now. So you can follow me at uh, Steve Coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, on both those sites, as well as Produce Water Solutions or Produce Water Society. And Excellent. we do have some exciting events coming up that if you want to get more hands-on, not just in front of your computer, we've got some great events coming up in Saudi uh, next month, December 10th through 14th in, um, in Hobar in the east in Saudi Arabia. A phenomenal event, uh, very well attended um, from folks around the world. Uh, mm-hmm. Actually, last year I attended... And it was during our Thanksgiving here in the U.S. And we had a fair amount of Americans there that, wow. uh, yeah, it was kind of surprising. Uh, and then our 34th annual event will be coming up in Houston, uh, closer to home here if you're in the U.S., uh, in February 6th, 7th, 8th. So uh, I always encourage folks not only to, um, whether you're interested from a technical standpoint or if it's from a business and networking standpoint, you will definitely have some takeaways. Um, our focus is more on the technical side. However, the networking, um, I'll definitely tell you that the, the, this community likes to see people in real in real life. The, the COVID period was very hard on our community because yeah. we just just didn't, we, we basically, yeah, I mean, we, did, we didn't do much. It yeah. was a t- two year, two plus year period of not uh, getting out much. So Anyway, great, great times uh, ahead for growth and rebuilding, um, you know, post-COVID. And uh, again, I think you'll find the community in this produced water space very welcoming. And I I think they're a lot of fun, too, because, you know, it's, you know, not only does most everybody know everybody, but it's it's a very welcoming group. That's Um, cool. Well, I mean, Steve, it's it's great to talk with you today. This is really, I think, shedding light on an area that perhaps doesn't get enough discussion. And so it's been great to hear uh, what you see is happening from the commercial side, as well as really from the broader industry side. We've been speaking with Steve Coffey. He is the Director of International Business Development and Marketing at Produced Water Solutions, which is a market leader in the produced water treatment recycling, reuse, and EOR space. And we've got, he's also the Produced uh, Water Society president 
Uh, and that is a nonprofit organization that is made up of a collection of industry professionals with a common mission to improve the management and disposition of produced water through the facilitation and exchange of technical knowledge for the upstream oil and gas industry. Uh, we've been talking about really where the industry is today. And really, I think what I'm walking away is uh, understanding that there's going to be an ever-expanding need for energy. There's going to be a demand for us to be thoughtful on how we can do this efficiently in a sustainable manner. And a lot of it kind of falls into this area around produced water. And so, um, Steve, thank you again for being on the Uncaged Show. And we look forward to thank having you. you back. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Cheers. Bye-bye.